I think there's more to come on this story, on the methods that were used to keep her silent. You think? Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Last one. Reason. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. We are also heard on KYAQ up in Oregon on the Central Coast and on Queso in Cottage Grove, Oregon, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day. Just to make it easy to find us on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, and other fine affiliates blanketing planet Earth. Five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Live in the beautiful North Hollywood studios today of our flagship Los Angeles station, KPFK. And therefore, I hope to uh, open the phone lines uh, over uh, to, to discuss some of the news over the weekend here on the broadcast. Did I say I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow from bradblog.com? Well, you just did. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm already confused. The week has barely started. That, of course, is Desi Doyen, our producer, keeping me somewhat less confused. Uh, as, as noted, I want to open the uh, phone lines in a little bit. Um, to discuss the news over the weekend, uh, including uh, the March for Our Lives rallies in D.C. and out here in L.A. and, frankly, around the country and around the world on Saturday, as well as the Stormy Daniels interview on 60 Minutes on Sunday. If you've got thoughts on either of those two huge weekend stories, Feel free to give me a call. Get in line at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-5735. We'll be joined uh, momentarily by uh, Jason Leopold with some uh, very interesting news related to that uh, Stormy Daniels interview on 60 Minutes. But quickly, some additional uh, late news from both over the weekend and today. The U.S. and more than a dozen European nations kicked out Russian diplomats on Monday, and the Trump administration ordered Russia's consulate in Seattle to close as the West sought joint punishment for Moscow's alleged poisoning of an ex-spy in Great Britain. 
warning of an, quote, unacceptably high number of Russian spies in the U.S. The Trump administration said 60 diplomats will be expelled from the U.S., all Russian intelligence agents working under diplomatic cover, according to the U.S. government. The group includes a dozen posted uh, to Russia's mission uh, to the U.N., the United Nations, who the officials said were engaged in, quote, aggressive collection of intelligence on American soil. The move is uh, one of the most significant actions. Some would argue the only significant action that President Donald Trump's administration has taken to date to punish Moscow and Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, over its uh, various intelligence activities of late. The last time that uh, Trump and Putin spoke less than a week ago, Trump congratulated Putin for his reelection, but did not raise the march for spy poisoning. Russia's alleged election meddling in the U.S. or its own tainted uh, voting process, uh, prompting dismayed critics, even from Trump's fellow Republicans. This is the largest expulsion of Russian intelligence officers in U.S. history, says U.S. Ambassador to Russia John Huntsman. The American penalties were echoed by announcements in Europe, uh, in European capitals across the co the continent, including those in Russia's backyard, such as Poland and all three Baltic states. All told, 18 countries are ousting more than 100 alleged Russian spies. British Prime Minister Theresa May has said, uh, in addition to 23 that have already been kicked out of the UK, the list included at least 16 European nations with more to follow. Russia's embassy in Washington responded on Twitter by hinting at retaliation, asking its followers to vote which U.S. consulate should be shuttered in Russia. Uh, Russia uh, they gave three choices, St. Petersburg, Yekaterinburg or Vladivostok. Russia will likely respond quid pro quo using the principle of reciprocity. The Kremlin has said, suggesting that Russia may expel an equal number of diplomats uh, from the former Soviet Union. Senior officials said they estimated Russia had roughly 100 intelligence office, uh, officials at its diplomatic posts in the U.S., suggesting that dozens will still remain even after the 60 are expelled. U.S. Uh, U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley said that the U.S. and many of our friends are sending a clear message that we will not stand for Russia's misconduct, Britain has accused Moscow of perpetrating the nerve agent attack against a former Russian intelligence officer on British soil using a Soviet-developed de uh, nerve agent known as Novichok. The U.S., France, and Germany have agreed that it is highly likely that Russia was responsible for that attack. Russia's, Russia, uh, Russia's government has denied responsibility and has blasted Britain's investigation into the poisoning. Trump has repeatedly wavered on whether he believes Moscow was behind the election meddling in the 2016 election, but this month... Trump's administration has uh, hit Russians with its first sanctions for the campaign interference and accused Moscow of an elaborate plot to hack America's electric grid and key infrastructure. Speaking of that alleged election meddling, sort of, uh, you know, always, always listen to the broadcast. 
If you want to know what's really going on before anybody else does, our guest on Friday's show, our uh, friend and national security advisor, National Security Advisor, National Security Journalist. She has not yet been named the National Security Advisor. Uh, Marcy Wheeler of Empty Wheel. Uh, She was joining us to discuss the prediction that she had made a week or so earlier on the broadcast that the terrifyingly dangerous John Bolton um, would soon replace H.R. McMaster as Donald Trump's National Security Advisor, which he subsequently did last week. So um, I had her on uh, to talk about that once again last week on Friday. I asked her about uh, as well about Trump's two new Fox News wingnut attorneys who have been added to Trump's legal team responding to Robert Mueller's special counsel probe. And Marcy explained what has now been reported and confirmed over the weekend that Fox News wingnut attorneys Joe Geneva and his wife Victoria Tensing, despite media reports to the contrary last Friday, would in fact most likely not be joining Trump's personal legal team in the special counsel probe after all. Here's a bit of that conversation before these reports were later confirmed over the weekend when I asked uh, Marcy Wheeler for her thoughts on Trump hiring DeGeneva and his wife, Victoria Tensing. He can't be hired. His wife is representing three people in the investigation already. That's a conflict. I I can't imagine how any one of them is done with needing a lawyer. Uh, She claims she's done with them needing a lawyer. I think that's crazy. You're suggesting that uh, she may not uh, come aboard, uh, but you're saying DeGeneva himself also may not come aboard after all? It's this remarkable thing where the President of the United States is having a very, very difficult time finding somebody to represent him in the biggest investigation in recent history. Yeah, that is kind of uh, remarkable, isn't it? That was Marcy Wheeler with me on Friday's broadcast, letting the world know that, in fact, uh, Joe Geneva uh, and Victoria Tensing, well, sure enough, this weekend from The Washington Post, President Trump's legal team reversed course on Sunday, announcing that a lawyer slated to join the attorneys handling the response to special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation will not come on board after all. The latest sign of disarray for Trump's legal strategy, the Washington Post reports. Those developments come three days after John Dowd, who had been Trump's top attorney handling the Russia inquiry, resigned amid strategy disputes with Donald Trump. So Trump is now left, at least temporarily, without a traditional criminal defense attorney, as Mueller's uh, team appears to be entering a uh, critical phase in its investigation into Moscow's alleged interference in the 2016 election and whether President uh, Trump's campaign cooperated with Russia in the effort. They note that Joe DeGeneva, the lawyer uh, Trump wanted to replace Dowd, has often stridently defended the president on Fox News Channel and cast the Mueller probe as a conspiracy against him. Trump enjoyed the TV appearances and wanted DeGeneva on his team even though he didn't know him, officials say. But in that statement on Sunday, a spokesman for Trump's legal team said that both DeGeneva and his wife, Victoria Tensing, who is also a lawyer, would not be working on the Russian probe after all because clients that they are representing in connection with the investigation, as Marcy Wheeler explained to uh, broadcast listeners on Friday, uh, those uh, those clients pose a conflict of interest. In 
Somewhat related matters. I suspect you all either saw the 60 Minutes interview with adult film actress Stormy Daniels on Sunday. Uh, her real name is Stephanie Clifford. Um, or I suspect you saw that on Sunday night or at least heard about it. I'd love to get your thoughts on it in as well in a little bit here at 818-985-5735, 818 985 KPFK. Um, but I want to focus for the moment on one very specific part of that interview um, in, that, in, in truth, uh, was really the biggest news coming out of the interview with uh, 60 Minutes Anderson Cooper on Sunday night. Okay, during the interview, uh, Stormy Daniels, who detailed her tryst with uh, Trump in 2006, said that she was later threatened uh, some years after that 2006 tryst, she was later threatened by an unidentified man in Las Vegas in 2011 that she better keep quiet about her alleged relationship with Trump. Daniels said that she that the threat occurred while she was with her young daughter. She does not allege that she was uh, coerced in her uh, initial encounter with Trump, saying this is not a Me Too situation. She said, I was not a victim. But the alleged threat in the parking lot is troubling and was revealed in light of what we all know to be this uh, uh, this hush agreement where Trump's attorney and business partner Michael Cohn created an LLC to pay $130,000 to Daniels just weeks before the uh before the 2016 election, uh, well, well, President, basically to keep her from talking at all uh, about her relationship with Trump just in the weeks before the election. Uh, and that was as other reports from more than a dozen women were charging sexual misconduct by Trump. And that was spilling into the media in the run up to the election. Cohn claims that the affair between Trump and Daniels never happened, that essentially she is a liar and that he gave her nonetheless $130,000 out of his own pocket for some reason. Uh, nobody knows why, why he would just give her $100,000, $130,000 if there was nothing to keep quiet. But he says he did it on his own, not at the direction of Trump or the Trump organization, who he worked for at the time, still does, and that he was never re reimbursed for the payoff. Which, uh, if it was meant to keep her quiet to help Trump uh, in the campaign, that would be a violation of federal campaign finance laws as uh, an unreported in-kind donation and far in excess of the allowable contributions uh, that can be made directly to the uh, to the Trump campaign. That, according to Common Causes, Paul S. Ryan, who joined us on the broadcast just days after they filed their complaint about all of this to both the FEC and the DOJ, which uh, sort of helped kick all of this off. Well, in any event, just after the 60 Minutes interview aired on Sunday night, Michael Cohn's attorney sent a cease and desist letter to Stormy Daniels' attorney, Michael Avenatti, demanding that she retract one of the claims that she had made during the show. Cohen's lawyer, Brent Blakely, charged that uh, Stephanie Clifford's uh, Stormy Daniels made, quote, false and defamatory statements during the 60 Minute interview about Michael Cohen, specifically when she claimed that she was threatened in a Las Vegas parking lot in 2011. 
Now, Blakely denied that Cohn had anything to do with that threat in that parking lot and wrote in the letter, uh, I'm writing in connection with the, this is the letter to uh, Avenatti, the uh, Stormy Daniels attorney. I am writing in connection with the false and defamatory statements you and your client, Stephanie Clifford, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels, made on 60 Minutes this evening regarding Mr. Cohn, namely that he was responsible for an alleged thug who supposedly visited Ms. Clifford while she was with her daughter and made an alleged threat to Ms. Clifford. In truth, the attorney writes, uh, Mr. Cohn had absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with any such person or incident, does not even believe that such a person exists or that such an incident ever occurred. You and your client's false statements about Mr. Cohn accuse him of criminal conduct and constitute, among other claims, libel and intentional uh, infliction of emotional distress on Mr. Cohn. It would also appear that your statements of alleged criminal conduct are made to obtain an advantage in a civil dispute, which is improper. improper. The letter goes on to say, I hereby demand that you and your client cease and desist from making any further and defamatory statements about my client that you immediately retract and apologize to Mr. Cohn through the national media for your defamatory statements on 60 Minutes and make clear that you have no facts or evidence whatsoever to support your allegations that my client had anything whatsoever to do with this alleged thug. But here's the problem. During the uh, interview with Stormy Daniels on 60 Minutes, she didn't say anything about Michael Cohen having anything to do with that alleged threat in the Las Vegas parking lot. Here's the entire portion of the interview focusing on that. I was in a parking lot going to a fitness class with my infant daughter. I was taking, you know, the seats facing backwards in the backseat, diaper bag, you know, getting all the stuff out. And a guy walked up on me and said to me, leave Trump alone, forget the story. And then he leaned around and looked at my daughter and said, a, a beautiful little girl, it'd be a shame if something happened to her mom. And then he was gone. You took it as a direct threat? Absolutely. I was rattled. I remember going into the workout class and my hands were shaking so much I was afraid I was going to drop her. Did you ever see the person again? No. But I, if I did, I would know it right away. I'll you'd never able, forget. You'd be able to recognize that person? 100%. Even now, all these years later, if he walked in the store right now, I would instantly know. Did you go to the police? No. Why? Because I was scared. So that's it. That's all Stormy Daniels said about the incident in that uh, parking lot in Las Vegas where she was scared, where she says she was threatened by some thug. She didn't say anything about Michael Cohen. I went over to the 60 Minutes uh, Overtime website after reading that letter uh, demanding that uh, that uh, she apologize for saying that Michael Cohn was in any way responsible for that thug. She didn't say that. But I went over to check the 60 Minutes Overtime in case maybe there was some clips, additional clips in which Daniels might have tied Cohn to that parking lot threat. But I couldn't find anything there either. There was, however, this comment. From uh, from Anderson Cooper, who was interviewed by a 60 Minutes producer on his impressions of the interview and where the uh, story might go from there. I think there's more to come on this story. I'm not saying necessarily on Stormy Daniels aspect of the story, but on the methods, the methods that were used to keep her silent. How, how those methods may have been used in other scenarios. Correct. If 
If Stormy Daniels' story is true, that she, that a thug came up to her in a parking lot in Las Vegas in 2011, this is long before Donald Trump was a presidential candidate. I mean, if, if somebody is using uh, intimidation tactics, physical intimidation tactics, um, it's probably not the first time they've done it. So that's a potential story I would imagine people would look at of has this kind of thing happened before? Mm. And I don't know the answer to that. Well, someone who may know the answer to that, whether this sort of thing has happened before with uh, with Donald Trump and the Donald Trump organization, uh, and whether Trump or the organization has used these type of taxic, tactics, is our old friend Jason Leopold, investigative reporter at BuzzFeed, who has spent years filing what must be thousands of Freedom of Information Act or FOIA requests from the government. So so many, in fact, that the I think it was the DOJ that uh, uh, was once discovered to have described Jason Leopold as a FOIA terrorist in an email, a label which I'm sure... Jason now wears proudly. Uh, Jason Leopold, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Great to be back with you, Brad. Good it to was ha- actually the FBI. Oh, it was uh, the FBI. Okay. Uh, yeah. th- thank you for being Probably specific. No surprise there. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Jason. Uh, over at BuzzFeed. Um, <laughs> Well, shortly after the 60 Minutes interview on Sunday night, you tweeted that, in fact, you and uh, a number of BuzzFeed colleagues had responses to some three different FOIA requests with information, some dating back to the 1980s, but some more recently, uh, suggesting that intimidation tactics like those described by Stormy Daniels, that that would not by a long shot be the first time such allegations were made by someone uh, who seemed to be associated with the Trump organization. Let's start with this 2009 event that you documented uh, last year. Uh, that right. This is um, the sort of amid the same time frame that Stormy Daniels was talking about in 2011. Um, what did you discover about that incident, that 2009 incident, which was tied to the bankruptcy of his Atlantic, uh, Atlantic City casinos at the time? Exactly, and it was uh, just literally on the same day uh, that the uh, casino went into uh, bankruptcy proceedings. Basically, what this was, this is these are documents that I obtained uh, along with uh, a colleague, Ryan Shapiro. We often file uh, Freedom of Information Act lawsuits together. Mm-hmm. We sued the FBI. We asked the FBI for a bunch of documents on, on the Trump Organization, as well as uh, Trump Atlantic City and, and, and his resorts. They sent these documents to us, and it was uh, it was fascinating. Uh, these documents revealed uh, that someone had received a threat uh, and reported this threat to the FBI and the lo- uh, local police in Holmdel, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, through a bit of sleuthing, we had to you know figure out who the who the person who received this threat was. We found out that it was actually an attorney who represented investors. Uh, in uh, Trump Entertainment Resorts. And uh, when he was making a trip to the courthouse with his assistant uh, on the uh, day of these bankruptcy proceedings, he received a, t- he received a uh, telephone call. Uh, the call was on his cell phone, uh, and it was a profanity-laden uh, you know, call of mm-hmm. uh, uh, a number of F-words. Right. And uh, basically said, uh, you know, if you uh, keep effing with Mr. Trump, uh, we know where you live. Uh, we'll come for your wife and kids. And uh, this attorney was was spooked. He immediately had his assistant take down uh, the the phone number, 
uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the content of the threat. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the phone, uh, the, the, the threat uh, came from a, t- a payphone located outside of the Ed Sullivan Theater, where uh, the late show at the time with David Letterman was filmed. The Ed Sullivan Theater in, in New York City, in Times Square. Correct, yes, right. in Times Square. And it yep. just so happens that uh, the, the call came in from a payphone on the same day that Trump was appearing on the show uh, <laughs> through the uh, getting, getting a, a number of other public records from uh, the police in New Jersey. Uh, we found out that the person identified himself as Carmine. Uh, the um, on the call, he said, "This is Carmine. Uh, why are you effing with my boy, etc.?" Right? Exactly. Uh, and now, this attorney, as I mentioned, he represented you know a, a number of investors in Trump Entertainment Resort mm-hmm. who stood to lose you know about one point two billion dollars uh, if they defaulted. Uh, so, what I took away from this one was. I tried to get in touch with this attorney, and I could tell you this attorney was spooked. We visited him at his house in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very, very scared. This took place, you know, we did uh, uh, 2009, so we called him last year to try to get in touch with him. That's already, you know, mm-hmm. uh, eight years. Right. And he was very, very frightened. Uh, through the same documents, we found another incident, another incident in the 1980s. And this is, again, the same type of threat. This one uh, was uh, was interesting because it uh, it was a threat that the New York City Housing Commissioner uh, had received. It was actually a threat to kill him, uh, and uh, the basically the the call uh, the caller also said, you know, why are you effing with mm-hmm. Trump? Uh, and the com- because the commissioner had uh, refused to approve a tax abatement. Uh, that would have, you know, obviously greatly reduced uh, the taxes that, uh, you know, that Trump needed to pay on what was then going to be um, Trump Tower. Trump Tower, right? Uh, it was, a, it was. Uh, he was trying to win a twenty million dollar tax abatement. So the housing commissioner, you know, he calls the police, and the police, uh, you know, they put round the clock protection uh, on on him. Opened up an investigation. Oddly, the next day, Trump. Also, Trump himself called the FBI. Yes. And Trump reported to the FBI he, too, received a telephone call from a person who read about Trump's tax abatement problem with the commissioner um, and, you know, said that someone's, you know, screwing with Trump and that also this caller said to Trump, hey, if you if you mention this, you know, this call, um, I'm going to kill you. Uh, it was very, very odd. It, so me, cl- so you know, Trump... Without reading into it, it yeah. was an odd... Thing that Trump received a call on a tax abatement. You know, these are. Uh, I, I didn't see the, the the newspapers at the time to recognize whether or not this was you know front page news. But I'll just note that Christopher Hansen also had some police. You know, at his house for a few days. The FBI gave him a recording device. Christopher Hansen. This was the device. one. This was the one. Uh, the the uh, 2009 event that was tied to the Letterman appearance yeah. and so forth. Well, let, let me ask you very quickly though about that. Uh, that that second incident you mentioned. It's actually an older incident yeah. back in '82. So Trump called right. the FBI himself. Says that uh, hey, I've been getting calls. I've been threatened by someone. Does it make right. any sense at all? Since you you know looked into what the story was, does it make any sense at all that someone would threaten Donald Trump when it was Donald Trump who was hoping to get these tax abatements? 
No, it doesn't. In fact, that's what's odd. Again, we took this all from you know from court uh, from FBI files that right. contained via FOIA, and it it states in there that um, you know exactly what the person um, the, the the person on the other end of the phone mm-hmm. had you know had said to Donald Trump, and it sounded like they were saying to Trump, "Hey, you're getting screwed by this housing commissioner. Um, he's shafting you." Um, and it also sounded like this person on the other end of the call said, you know, made it clear he's going to retaliate. But he told, apparently, according to the FBI, mm-hmm. well, he told Trump, if you report this, you know, if you report the conversation we're having, I'm going to kill you. Um, <sighs> that makes zero sense, Brad, right? I mean, it's just, <laughs> no. it's just weird. You know, it, it doesn't, doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense. It sounds to me... Like a guy who uh, knew these threats happened and then the next day wanted, got scared and wanted to cover his own tracks by creating a, a, a false threat right. against him. That's what I'm reading into it. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the, the funny thing about this is that the housing commissioner um, eventually went to work for the Trump organization uh, some, sometime later. Four years later, um, you know, he, he goes to work for, uh, for, for Donald Trump. But there's also one more threat. Yeah. Uh, another one that we documented, again, from FBI, FBI files. Right. And this was in 95. And this was a, a superintendent at Trump Palace, um, uh, which is uh, Upper East Side mm-hmm. uh, in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this, this person was you know, claiming that he had evidence that uh, you know, the Trump organization had uh, you know, ripped off homeowners for, uh, to the tune of about $300,000. Uh, he left the company on bad terms, sent his wife and 12-year-old son up to his office to collect some papers uh, and some files uh, when they were in an office. You know, the, the mm-hmm. Trump security, who, are, who we name in here, uh, busted through and um, held them against their will, uh, shoved, shoved the 12-year-old, uh, made threats against them, and the police were called. The police came, you know, a lawsuit was filed and never went anywhere. Um, but obviously, the common thread in all of this is that, you know, if you speak about, you know, uh, these incidents or, or, or discuss anything with law enforcement um, or, or go public with any of this, you know, harm, physical harm will come to you. And that's, you know, certainly what happened in 1980 and, and you know, in the 90s here and uh, again in, in 2009. Now, you know, the the. Nothing further happened with regard to, you know, the, the police looked at it, they, they shut it down um, in, you know, in each and every instance. And, and the FBI, you know, pretty much said that they didn't have enough evidence, at least in the one in 2009, uh, to take it any further. Which is kind of amazing um, because your documents, Jason, also, uh, you know, said that the FBI agent uh, characterized the incident as overt extortion, overt talking about that too. Yeah. 2009 incident. You also report that uh, Bo Deedle, the private investigator and former uh, New York City detective, had worked with Trump uh, on and off over the years, uh, over the past several decades. And he told the Daily Beast just last year that, yeah, Trump sanctioned these kind of threats all the time against his perceived enemies. And he knew this because I guess he had been hired to do that sort of thing, to actually threaten people yeah. with this sort of thing. And he denied to us that he, you know, had any any part in this. And, you know, look, we called Michael Cohen as well, and we received a comment uh, 
uh, from Cohen, who basically said this, you know, this all sounded ludicrous. What's, what's notable, obviously, about these three incidents, you know, compared to what, you know, what, what uh, you know, Stormy Daniels um, had uh, alleged during her 60 Minutes interview, is that this is all documented in police reports and FBI files. And, uh, you know, they, they all fit a pattern. Uh, you know, Trump was not getting, you know, things were not going his way. Uh, and uh, people who uh, were on the other end of uh, or, or, or mm-hmm. deemed to be responsible uh, were threatened. And, and, and to me, that's what's, you know, uh, that's what's fascinating. I mean, we're talking about each decade, right? The 80s, 90s, and right. 2000s. Yeah, well, and, he, he only uh, threatens people. He only, uh, you know, threaten, ha- threatens to harm people's lives once a decade. So give him a break, Jason. You, right, there's, right. Uh, I, I know we, we have to get to a break here very shortly, uh, but so I want to hit uh, two real quick questions with you on this, Jason, and I'll point uh, folks to your uh, great reporting on this over at BuzzFeed. But um, based on the reporting that you have been doing on Trump all of this time, uh, I presume you caught the Stormy Daniels uh, interview on 60 Minutes. Uh, did that ring true to you based on these other reports, these other people that you have talked to? Oh, did absolutely. she seem to be credible with uh, that uh, that comment? Absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, it, you know, immediately brought to mind, obviously, these, you know, these three incidents. And, uh, you know, particularly the, you know, the, notably the one with the, you know, with the attorney who represented investors in Trump Entertainment Resorts. I mean, it was you know, this was a very, very detailed uh, threat that was, you know, that was being, you know, that was being made against uh, against mm-hmm. uh, attorney. And as I noted, you know, he he was very fearful. I mean, he would not speak to us. He did not want to uh, uh, discuss this at all. And and I honestly believe the reason is is because he was still frightened. He did not want to uh, mention this. You know, he talked about that the. Mm-hmm. the the call came from a person in a heavy New York accent. He assumed that it was Trump's bodyguard. And, you know, just uh, take, taking a step back for a moment, it to me, the, the way in which he described this, and, you know, listeners can go and read the story and read the, read the documents, but the way in which he described this, um, it appeared to me that this may not have been the first time. You know, uh, I don't know when he would have interacted with Trump's bodyguard, but mm-hmm. the fact that he was making these assumptions that he seemed to be, you know, immediately got his assistant to take down, uh, uh, you know, a verbatim the contents of a, yeah. you know, of a threat, which he wrote down on a napkin. Um, I mean, it seemed that he was well prepared and, uh, you know, with this, but and, and, and it makes it when he mentioned his wife and kid. Uh, that that changed the uh, changed. Yeah, and this is a you're t- in this instance you're talking about a an attorney at a high profile law firm. He's scared to death. Right. Ten years later, so no wonder when uh, people have been criticizing Stormy Daniels. Well, why didn't you go to the police? You know, she was alone in a parking lot in Las Vegas with her child. Uh, you know, right. and gets a threat like that. To me, it's totally understandable that she does not want to go to police. Uh, very quickly, I've only got a few seconds here, uh, Jace, before I let yeah. you go, but uh, what do you make of the fact that uh, Cohn's attorney, um, you know, demanded that Stormy retract the claims about Cohn being involved with this alleged thug uh, who threatened her in this parking lot, um, but he wasn't tied to that event at all, <laughs> as his uh, attorneys, 
you know, had otherwise claimed in their letter. Uh, does he protest too much there? Yeah, you know, I, I, I listened and read the transcript, and it sounded like uh, Stormy Daniels' attorney said that it, you know, may, maybe it was directed. And I don't know if he meant this, directed by uh, Donald Trump or, or Michael Cohen. So perhaps Michael Cohen's reading a little bit into uh, too much what was, you know, what, what they were uh, stating. And yeah. Assume that it was him. But, uh, you know, I, I, honestly, I could not answer for, you know, for Michael Cohen. I mean, these are odd times, Brad. Uh, so. <laughs> these are very odd times. And he was very yeah. specific in that letter. That's why I wanted to read the specific yeah. comment, you know, saying that you claimed my uh, uh, client, Michael Cohen, was responsible for this thug in the parking lot when she actually right. never said any such thing. Uh, anyway, Jason, really appreciate your reporting on this. Uh, and uh, Thanks, th- sorry that it took, uh, what, eight or nine months to actually get back to what you <laughs> reported last year. But it's uh, yeah. uh, newly relevant. Always great talking with you. Exactly. Check out Jason's work uh, at BuzzFeed.com, of course, and on the Twitters at Jason Leopold. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate you coming and joining us today. My my pleasure, Brad. I'll speak to you soon. You bet. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, come back with some of your calls on all of this and or the March for Our Lives over the weekend. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. Did you find uh, Stormy Daniels, a.k.a. Stephanie Clifford, to be credible? Uh, do you find it odd that Michael Cohn is uh, threatening, uh, <laughs> threatening legal action against her if she doesn't retract a statement that she never made? Uh, By the way, Donald Trump himself, he has not responded directly uh, to uh, the uh, Stormy Daniels allegations, as far as I know. But the White House, on his behalf, has said her claims are baseless. Michael Cohn has said her claims are baseless. But he won't explain why he decided to give $130,000 to her just before the election. Uh, Questions like that? Love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com trying to ride out the storm with all of you. Uh, thank you for uh, sticking with us here today. I want to get to your calls at 818-985-5735 on Stormy Daniels or the uh, March for Our Lives over the weekend, uh, about which I am still weeping, even as we go to air today on Monday. Uh, but uh, I ran late, so let's get right to your calls instead. Let me get to uh, Mike in L.A. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad. Yeah, I marched on the uh, march on Saturday to the most fun to me and was astounded at the turnout, which was 
uh, 6,000 people in an area along the beach where you cannot find parking mm. and uh, exceeded all expectations. My picket sign had a picture of uh, three different types of football at the top, and it said, men who black balls need guns. And it was <laughs> highly approved by many observers. <laughs> nice. As for the stormy weather, it seems that any competent attorney uh, bails on this case because they have a client who won't follow their advice. As for Mr. Conewell, I sense that he's working more for Foxaganda than he is for his client's best legal interests. Yeah, he certainly doesn't seem to be helping him out uh, at all with his uh, the way he's covering this. But you know what? It seems like Donald Trump, even though he apparently gets away with this stuff over and over again, as uh, Jason Leopold was explaining before the break, uh, his attorneys do not seem to be doing him any favors on any of these issues. Mike, appreciate your call, your thoughts, and uh, you're getting out there to uh, march over the weekend. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, let me go to, uh, let's see, 818-985-5735 is our number, 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to Barbara Barbara in Camarillo. Hey, Barbara, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. The only reason you haven't heard from Trump is because he's bound and gagged and he's in the basement of the White House. <laughs> well, no, I don't think he is. Oh, he's got to be. It would have to tranquilize him or something. To, to keep it, it, it is interesting, isn't it, that this is the one issue that he won't talk about. Yes, Brad, and I need to have you get on to more important people than I am. They have a lot to say in this country. Thank you very much. You're very important, Barbara. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate Bye. the call. Uh, let me go to uh, let me go to Jane in Pasadena. Oh, hey, Jane, welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you. I have one thing to recommend. First of all, I would really like to have you put on a lawyer to discuss the possibility of this Stormy Daniels being able to null and void this contract. Okay? Okay. The other, the other thing is I wanted to mention is psychologically, have you noticed how Trump is this Cowie Bullock and he always claims victimhood. He's always a victim of what he does to others. It's this perverted way. I mean, I listen to him and I go, oops, he's admitting to something. Dick Nixon did the same thing. I'm not a crook. Mm-hmm. Listen, he's actually saying, you know, he's these psychopaths, they tell us what uh, they're testing us yeah. mentally. Do, you know, are you on to me yet? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. We were talking about it, uh, some uh, sort of a similar point on uh, on Friday's broadcast when he was complaining about, I think it was Friday, um, when he was complaining about the, uh, the spending bill, the $1.3 trillion spending bill that he had to sign and claiming that the Democrats don't care about the DACA kids, the Dreamer kids, that they uh, that they were only using them to try to get something. And in fact, that's the exact opposite of the truth, because the Democrats would, uh, you know, be delighted tomorrow if uh, Donald Trump restored DACA. Trump could do it with a, a stroke of his pen. He doesn't even have to pass it in legislation. But basically, when Trump said, you know, they are keeping these uh, DACA kids uh, holding them hostage because they want something, you knew that he was talking about himself. Yeah, but That's the, what the he danger does. is people yeah. believe him. People don't often listen to the response because it isn't, you know, we don't have the fairness doctrine where we have the two people lined up and they can counter it immediately. Yeah. 
Well, uh, that's you're right. You're absolutely right. And I've also said that for many years, that it is our lack of progressive, actually, our lack of non-right-wing points of view over our public airwaves that has directly led to this mess we now find ourselves in, directly. And we have to restore our our public airwaves somehow. So thank you, Jane. Thanks for listening to KPFK and supporting our public airwaves. Appreciate it. Let me go to uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818-985-KPFK. Um, you know, does this case even matter at this point as you see it, the Stormy Daniels case? Or is it just a distraction from a lot of people say, oh, it's you know, a lot of people on the right and left, that it's a distraction from the real issues that are facing both this country and this presidency? Uh, do you think ultimately that this Stormy Daniels story will have any effect on this president or his party in advance of the 2018 midterms? Should Democrats exploit this story in some way before those uh, those elections? If so, how? Anyway, uh, what was the more important news over the weekend? Stormy Daniels on 60 Minutes or the March for Our Lives, led by the students of Parkland High School and many others in uh, in D.C. and hundreds of cities across the country and the world on Saturday. 818-985-5735 is our phone number if you'd like to ring in. Tina in Glendora. Uh, hey, Tina, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. Um, I was curious. I was just listening to Jason um, and his discussion about the threats that are being made. What would happen if they tried to threaten um, Mueller directly? in this investigation. And I'm, mm-hmm. I apologize if my signal goes in and out. I just am leaving work, so. Well, you mean what would, if if somebody showed up and tried to threaten the special counsel the way that uh, uh, Stormy Daniels claims that she was uh, threatened in that parking lot in Vegas? Correct. <laughs> Man, good luck with that. You're going to threaten the former head of the FBI, now the special counsel, with the uh, most high-profile uh, prosecutor, uh, prosecutorial legal team out to get Donald Trump. I don't know. I guess it would be a, uh, a battle of some great powers here, the president of the United States versus special counsel Robert Mueller in a thug-off. But I... I can't even imagine that happening. I, I can't. I can't either. But I wouldn't be surprised if there wouldn't be an attempt because what? it just seems that you know he, they they they're not they're not thinking this clearly. Well, that's true. Although I would still be surprised if there was an attempt because boy, would they be in trouble. You're going to go after the FBI itself with a threat? I don't know. I appreciate that thought, though, Tina. Thank you for uh, ringing in. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. A lot of folks uh, want to get in. You know what? Because I'm running late. Let me do this. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back with more of your Stormy Daniels calls or and or anything else you want to talk about on the broadcast. 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the broadcast. Hey, this is Brad. What the public hears over the public airwaves matters. Without an informed electorate, we've got, well, we've got what we have right now. We do our best on the broadcast five days a week to balance that with accurate reporting on issues that actually matter. 
We don't always get it right, but we try blog.com slash donate to help keep the broadcast going and telling the truth over your public effort. We've got, well, we got what we have right now. We do our best. Welcome back. It's your Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. Back to some stormy calls in a quick moment. But a day after hundreds of thousands of young people participated in the March for Our Lives on Saturday, Pope Francis encouraged the youth to continue to speak out. He said the temptation to silence young people has always existed. He said there are many ways to silence young people and to make them invisible, many ways to anesthetize them, to keep to uh, to make them keep quiet, ask nothing, question nothing. There are many ways to sedate them, to keep them from getting involved, to make their dreams flat and dreary, petty and plaintive. The Pope continued, adding, dear young people, you have it in you to shout. It's up to you not to keep quiet, he said. During uh, an address to youth on uh, Sunday, even if others keep quiet, if we older people and leaders so often corrupt keep quiet, if the whole world keeps quiet and loses its joy, I ask you, will you cry out? According to Reuters, the young people attending the sermon in St. Peter's Square responded by shouting, yes. He was, of course, uh, speaking in the aftermath of the... um, the uh, marches over the weekend on Saturdays, where some 800,000 people are said to have turned out in Washington, D.C. for the March for Our Lives. Uh, more than 800 sister rallies took place throughout the U.S. and internationally, including Rome, uh, which encompasses uh, Vatican City, calling for gun safety reform here in the U.S. and elsewhere. Um, Just uh, many of the uh, Parkland survivors spoke at the March for Our Lives. I had some audio I was hoping to get to because it was kind of amazing. But uh, I know a lot of you folks want to ring in, so let's get to the phones while the getting is good here. Uh, Let me go to Joe in Silver Lake. Hey, Joe, welcome to the broadcast. Okay, thank you, Brad. Sure. Uh, this, uh, This behavior... Uh, that you've uh, recounted uh, in some detail with one of your guests about threatening people, demanding silence or compliance. Mm-hmm. Actually, I step back a little bit and I say, well, how much of a, that's a familiar pattern. Look, we have Nikki Haley, the U.S. representative in the U.N., threatening countries with end of aid if they speak out or if they vote some wrong way or other so-called. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just sounds like bullying... Uh, is uh, not unique to, to Trump, but it, uh, it it reflects back and forth with some of the international behavior uh, that the U.S. government has done in the past, as well as continuing and maybe getting worse now. So I just noticed that and say, well, yeah, he represents something in the country that we wish we wish would yeah. be reduced. Uh, what do you think of uh, that? You know, you, well, you make a very good point. I mean, he he seems to be. Uh, responding if the if the threats are true, uh, you know that 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 Stormy Daniels talked about. If these uh, stories from uh, Jason Leopold, which are well documented, as they come from you know uh, freedom of information requests from the from the FBI and from other uh, police agencies, 
Yeah, this is how Donald Trump operates, and now this is how the U.S. government operates. The U.S. government has, frankly, always been uh, pretty thuggish around the world, but I think the Trump administration is now bringing this to to new heights. There's, there's no question about it. A fish rots from the head down. So, yeah, this is how Donald Trump behaves. This is how everybody in his administration behaves. I think you make an excellent point, Joe. Okay, I, I just was it. struck by that parallel yeah. uh, when, as I heard you develop this, uh, this other story today. Yep. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that call. Uh, let's go to uh, Stephen in Burbank. Hey, Stephen, welcome to the broadcast. Okay, Brad, here's what's happening. I was victimizing myself by listening to Sirius 125 Patriot Channel, <laughs> and the CPAC 365 is the name of it. And on this show was a kid, presumably 16 years old, presumably his name is Kyle, presumably he's very involved with uh, speaking about uh, the Parkland shooting, 17 dead people. And here's what Kyle said. He said, School shootings happen because of legalized abortion. And, Brad, I predict within five years, that 16-year-old kid now is going to be a millionaire. He's going to be taken well care of because he is uh, doing doing the stuff what the the right-wing power structure wants him to do. Either that or he'll become a mass shooter himself. Uh, Stephen, yeah. uh, I, I appreciate it. Did, did he explain what the hell uh, mass shootings have to do with abortion, or did he just stated that that was the case? No, but if Vegas is taking bets, you can probably hedge your bets by having it flow one way or the other. Appreciate that call, Stephen. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Thank you, sir, for checking in. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Oh, uh, oh, looks like someone calling themselves Bubba Daniels is calling in from Long Beach. Oh, Bubba Daniels, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, this is this is Bubba Daniels. Uh, my friends call me BD. My sister was the first Stormy Daniels. But and she was going to get a trademark, but she didn't have the money to get a trademark. So we got what's called a gold fund installment. Gold fund installment. So we going to get the same trademark and make some money. Thank you very much. Uh, Bubba? Oh, Bubba went away. I have a feeling that was not Bubba Daniels. I don't think that was uh, the sister or the brother of uh, Stormy Daniels. I think that was our old friend Mo. Morris from Long Beach. Uh, thanks for that call, Mo. Good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, let's go to uh, Christopher in Los Angeles. Hey, Christopher, welcome to the broadcast. What is on your mind, sir? Hey, Brad. So, so here's the pattern that I'm seeing, and I have a fear uh, in terms of where it's leading. We have uh, Miss Haspel was nominated by Trump to head the C- CIA. Yep. She she uh, was in control of the Thailand black site yep. where, where torture occurred. She also signed off on the destruction of 96 videotapes that had uh, tens of CIA agents in the act of committing torture and war crimes, international and U.S. violations of law. We have Pompeo now, who is Secretary of State, who's supposed to be a diplomat, who is the ex-CIA head. I don't have to tell your listeners about the CIA. Mm-hmm. We have John, now John Bolton being nominated, who is a, a, also like Pompeo, is a pro-war hawk that basically wants to bomb North Korea and Iran out of existence. And 
And the reason why this shift is occurring, in my opinion, and I'd like your thoughts on it, is that Trump sees this noose tightening. He knows the truth. He knows what's going to come out. And he knows that not only is he going to go down, but his family and friends are going to go down with him. So my theory is that the only thing at this point that he knows and sees can save him from Mueller, from possible impeachment to possible uh, imprisonment, is starting a war. And then everyone, you know, I could just hear it now, just like George Bush, you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're against us, you're a traitor and you're committing treason against the U.S. government. And all of a sudden, no one's talking about Mueller. No one's talking about obstruction of justice, money laundering, all the laundry list of of, uh, crimes and near crimes that he's committed, including Stormy Daniels and FCC regulations. All of a sudden, we're at war with another country. That's all out the door. All of a sudden, that flips the, the Democrats shot at flipping the House and even possibly the Senate, that changes the equation all in favor of our uh, liar-in-chief. Christopher, I have uh, just mere seconds left, but you have encapsulated well uh, many of the worries that I have and that we've been Talking about on this show, uh, not just over the past week, but uh, actually past couple of years, uh, but specifically over the last week. uh, And now that, you know, with with the more that Donald Trump's administration seems to be in uh, total and complete and utter disarray, the more and more we see articles coming out, you know, saying that, oh, Trump feels emboldened now. He feels empowered now. That's a terrifying uh, uh, possibility, and I think the picture that you paint is right on the money. And it's why people need to uh, be aware of what's going on. People should not underestimate what this guy is up to, what he's willing to do, how he is willing to uh, try to distract from his own woes. We are at an incredibly dangerous moment in this country which is why I call this uh, moment a national emergency that we have to figure out how to uh, somehow end. Thank you for that call, Christopher, and thanks to all, all everybody who called in today. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, to my guest today as well, Jason Leopold of BuzzFeed, to my producer, Desi Doyen, to my board op, D'Angelo Jones, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog, And that is it. Until we meet again tomorrow on the Bradcast, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.